have, uh, why don't I have a microphone? Do I have a microphone? I do, but I can barely hear it. It says it's working, so I'm going to go with that. It says it's okay. If you can't hear me, <laughs> just put it in the chat. Let me know. I can just barely hear my microphone in my uh, in my headset. So let me just check one quick little thing here. See what might be the problem. We'll do this one. And we'll do try this one. And nothing seems to be helping. Okay, fine. We'll just go with that then. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating. I hope it's merry and I hope it's happy. Uh, yeah, it's a welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. We've got the, we've got the illusion, the hallucination that we all may have been living in for decades. More digital danger and... We will be celebrating Christmas, so we'll have that all coming up tonight on the show. Uh, man, I'm telling you, I was like running around all up until the last minute, um, going crazy. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get you updated. You seem a little disjointed tonight. I am. Let's get you updated on Miko, huh? Miko update. Miki Miki Miko update. Ning 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 ning. Miko's great. She's doing fine. She was just playing with a frog out in the yard, but uh, we managed to get that away from her. Oh, by the way, while I'm thinking of it, these lights in the back tonight are supposed to be not the normal purple, but green, 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 and red. On camera, they don't come out that way, but they are. They're bright green and bright red here in the studio, so there you go. All right, Miko update. She's great. She's wonderful. Here's the whole family, and there she is with her little... <laughs> Her little uh, reindeer ears, she actually managed to pose for one quick second. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so we, uh, <laughs> we put a Christmas card together. Hey, I got to show you one. This is not the Amico update, but it's on my timeline if you want to check. We have a, a fruit here in Malaysia called the durian. Most people that don't live in Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia hate durian. It smells awful. It's very permeating. And it's about about this big. All right, let me switch to the other camera so you can see. It's about, about like that. They come in smaller sizes, but normally about like that. They're all full of spikes, and inside is this yellowy fruit. It's very mushy. It's like custard. It is an acquired taste. I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, most mozzales, as they say here, most Caucasian people can't even stand the smell but um, they were selling it near where we had dinner tonight and as a promotion <laughs> I took this shot now this is obviously a mock-up but it's great it looks real so there is a giant durian in uh, in the back of this uh, double cab pickup truck <laughs> very cool all right our Miko update and durian update is brought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox.com slash Miko is the link you want to go to and check it out. It's a subscription service which comes right to your door and every month you will get a box which has a theme to it based like right now is a Christmas theme, obviously. And uh, you'll get uh, two toys, 
two bags of treats, all natural, good for you treats, and a dog chew that comes every month. And if you use our special link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, you will get a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. So you can just sign up for one month if you want. You want to try them out. Trust me, you'll be back. You'll be signing up for a six months, 12 month. And if you use our link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, you get a free month. Six months, you get seven. 12 months, you get 13. So nice savings there for you. All right, BarkBox.com. Check them out. Check out all their monthly themes they have going on. Let's see, is there a... That was, the, that was the Thanksgiving one here, gobble gobble. Uh, Italian placation. What do we got? Oh, here's a Christmas one. Check that out. A little slow to load because it hasn't, uh, hasn't cached. Uh, we got uh, a mug of hot chocolate with a marshmallow. Uh, gingerbread. A, a Christmas cookie. Some sort of a, I don't, it looks like a donut. I'm not sure. But uh, there you go. You see the bags of the treats here and all the toys and a chew. Seasons Sweetings, it's called. Now, I don't know if you order now, if you'll get this one, maybe. But uh, for sure, you'll get whatever the January theme is, and it's great. So do check it out. BarkBox.com slash Miko. Very cool site. Very cool people. They, they really, their customer service there is second to none. Anything you ever don't like or something's not right with whatever you, uh, you get in your BarkBox, they will make it right. They will make it right. All right. Time to get on with the meat and, meat and potatoes of the show. Oh, man. I wish I didn't have to talk about this stuff. But I do. Because I want to keep you up to date on what's going on. And this is from Zero Hedge. It is an amazing article. It's written in the first person by Tyler Durden. And uh, I got the link in our show notes tonight. Uh if you are a fan or you watch Tucker Carlson, even if you're not a fan, he has had some uh, rather interesting revelations in the last week, it uh, or last week and this week. Um, and the headline is, has American democracy been simply a hallucination for 60 years? He writes, call it a democracy, a democratic republic, a constitutional republic, Call it anything you want. Doesn't really matter what America is if there is truth to what Tucker Tucker Carlson reported the other night via a source who had direct knowledge of still hidden documents concerning the Kennedy assassination, implicating the CIA. I'm sure you've heard about it by now if you follow the news at all. If indeed the CIA was involved in any way in the assassination of JFK, uh, then anything that has happened in the public sphere of our country since that day has basically been based on an an, a hallucination created by an intelligence agency far deeper than most of us ever imagined. The affairs of the day, Republican National Committee Chair Rona McDaniel revealed to a uh, profligate spender on her own luxury travel not on Republican candidates. Donald Trump releasing self-aggrandizing NFT pseudo-art as a fundraiser. Even Elon Musk exposure of the multiple mendacious censoring creeps behind Twitter, although that has an eerie similarity, pales by comparison to the CIA's possible, it seems true, involvement, and therefore massive, 
massive cover-up of uh, the CIA's involvement in the JFK assassination for decades, decades, half a century or more. Mike Pompeo, he's a former CIA director, refused to appear on uh, Carlson's show to discuss uh, the the topic, said this isn't significant. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, We all know about the 51 intelligence agencies, John Brennan and others, who foliciously claimed two years ago the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation, which turned out to be absolute bullcrap. They have to have known otherwise. True? Of course true. But they did it anyway. 3% of the Warren Commission's documents on the assassination to this day are still being hidden after nearly 60 years and after really all the major players are dead. If not to hide something of serious importance from the American public, why? What's the 3%? I want to know what's in the 3%. Why are you hiding? Time to reconsider Oliver Stone's JFK, this guy writes. He says, although I admired Oliver's filmmaking, originally I thought it was a crackpot. The Kennedy assassination has special ramifications. And uh, he writes, this writer says, I can't remember seeing anything more inexplicable in my life. How could this have been allowed to happen only hours after the assassination? In retrospect, it becomes even more incredible. In a certain sense, I now feel that most of my adult life, what I've thought was real, has been erased. He he ends this with a great ending on this article. I didn't read the whole thing. You can read it. Check it out. It's fascinating. The Everly Brothers perhaps put it best, although in another context. Wake up, little Susie. Wake up. We've both been sound asleep. Wake up, little Susie, and weep. The movie's over. It's four o'clock. And we're in trouble deep. Yeah. Read the article. It's from Zero Hedge, and it is fascinating. It, uh, like the headline says, have we just been living in one, not, 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 you know, some parallel universe, not a simulation, but literally a hallucination for the last almost 60 years? It's an interesting question. Sorry, coffee break time. All right. We constantly talk about the dangers of the digital economy, digital IDs, how the government is going to give it to you whether you want it or not. And they continue, countries continue to force this down people's throats. We've talked about the dangers. And this from childrenshealthdefense.org. Links in the show notes if you want to read the whole article. You may soon find yourself in digital prison. Your digital identity may soon be required to lock, unlock all aspects of your life. From logging onto the internet, accessing social services, travel, food, shopping, banking, or any financial services, 
you may soon not be able to do any of those without a digital ID, which then means the government, whoever your government may be, can track absolutely everything you do and can shut you off. You really want to trust this government or any government with that kind of power over your life? I don't think so. An international vaccine passport, digital ID, social credit system, central bank digital currency form a digital control system that will lock down the population, that's you and me, in perpetuity. Facial recognition, another essential part of the control structure. It's your password to your digital ID. You know how many millions and millions of cameras there are everywhere. Have you seen the footage from China? The crap they do over there? Scary. Coming to a country near you. By the end of this year, there will... Listen to this. By the end of this year, that's what, two weeks from now? No, a week from now. There will be one billion, that's billion with a B, data collecting surveillance cameras in the world all connected to the internet and artificial intelligence cameras audio recording devices in cell phones automobiles smart appliances also your alexa collecting sharing that data all these data all this data are then used to give every person an individual score I'll get to you in a minute, uh, Pelizari. Uh, you get an individual score based on your behavior, expression, even your expression. Are you smiling? Are you happy? Are you mad? Interaction with the world. Ultimately, your credit score will dictate what you can and cannot do, what you can buy, and even whether or not you can leave your house. You think I'm kidding? Look up China. And you'll find out I'm not kidding. AI is an absolutely critical component of this whole mess. Without AI, the system can't work. The easiest way to push against this system? Starve AI of data. It is not easy. Trust me. Google, one of the biggest offenders on the planet. Google collects your data constantly and shares it and or sells it with anybody and everybody. Refuse to use those technologies that collect and share your personal data. They have all kinds of wonderful ways to get you to share it these days. Oh, it's for your convenience. It's for the common good. It'll make your life easier. Not going to happen, folks. If there is any way you can, at, and you can't, we live in 2022, almost 2023. You cannot disconnect yourself completely. Well, you could, but no one will. But you can limit how much data you share. And I strongly advise you to take a look at how much you are sharing and do something about it. At least try and limit the amount of data you're sharing. 
And by the way, since I always say it, if you're on TikTok, get off, delete it, and never put it on your phone again or your kids' phones. All right. Pelizari2503, who is popping in here, and uh, he or she, I don't know, says, I really love your stream. This helps me a lot with my English learning. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you so much. How about a round of, uh, round of applause there for Pelizari? Oh, you are a he, okay? So I just, you know. Uh, anyway, great. That is fantastic. It is wonderful to have you along. And uh, wh where are you watching in from? Uh, what country? Um, it's, it's nice to have you along for the ride. Thank you. We talk about uh, from Brazil. All right. I don't know any Brazilian. You speak Portuguese in Brazil, if I'm not mistaken? I think. Anyway, I've never been there, but I would love to go. I love Brazil. Everything I see about Brazil is, uh, wow, what a fantastic place that would be to uh, visit. So, hello, Brazil. Great to have you uh, in the audience tonight. Like I said, we, we talk about all kinds of weird stuff on this show. So, uh, if nothing else, I'm glad that I can help you out with your English. Thank you very much. <laughs> Pelizari. All right, cool. Nice to meet you. What else we got here? Uh... Hello. <laughs> okay. We'll go with that. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is incredible. Uh, this is such a, you know, politically correct speech, all that other crap. Well, the New York Post came out with an article. It's not there. It's from, I don't know, Stanford or some, some god-awful rag. Uh, yes, yeah, Stanford. Stanford has released a guide against harmful language. Words that you're not supposed to use anymore. You know, this happens all the time. Why won't this site come up? I'm not getting it to load up. Huh. Anyway, they came out with this list of names that are according to Stanford, no longer cool to use. Which, you know what? For me, that just means I'll be using them more. Here we go. Finally, it loaded. Goodness. Here we go. Stanford releases a guide against harmful language, and among the words you're not supposed to use, American. Are you kidding me with this crap? American is a no-go. The language guide published last Monday aims to eliminate many forms of harmful language, including racist, violent, and biased, I guess based on their opinion. Uh, launched in May, the project known as Elimination of Harmful Language Initiatives lists the prohibited terms under 10 categories, including racism, homophobia, and ableism. Oh, I love that one. Under the section titled Imprecise Language, the guide advises readers to replace the term American with U.S. citizen. American often refers to people from the United States only, thereby insinuating the U.S. is the most important country in the Americas. The packet reasons, noting the region actually of North and South America, including Brazil, <laughs> contains 42 countries, 
So their argument is that you could be from, say, Brazil, and that's in South America. So you could say you were an American. Bit of a stretch. I'm sure if you're from Brazil, you're quite proud to say you're Brazilian or Mexican or Venezuelan or Colombian or whatever. Anyway, these more read the rest of the article. I'm not wasting any more time. This is just absolutely ridiculous. And, and you know, again, control the language, control the people. That's how it works. You know, the more I see these red and green lights behind me for Christmas, the more ugly they look. Remind me not to do this again. <laughs> it looks terrible. <laughs> no, seriously, it really does. Oh, my. All right, we got to get off this hard stuff because it's Christmas and I don't want to talk about anything controversial anymore. I want to talk about fun stuff before we get into our book. By the way, special announcement about our book tonight. This is from uh, Robert Harrison. Robert Harrison is not somebody famous. He's just a guy on Facebook. But I found this poem. It's a story, actually. Is it a poem? Yeah, it is a poem. All right, he says, I found this poem in a group. No idea who wrote it, but this man is really good. It's called The Christmas Coat. You got to listen. It's just a story. There's no visual to go along with it. So sorry. You just got to look at me for a minute or so. But listen, you, this will warm your heart. I promise you. An old man was fumbling around one day in a woman's clothing store. He'd found his wife a Christmas coat and was headed for the door. When he bumped into a little boy that looked like he was lost. And he said, Mister, can you help me find out how much something cost? Here it's almost Christmas and the nights are getting cold. Winter time is on us and my mom don't have a coat. I've been working for the neighbors and saving for some time. And in his tiny outstretched hand was a dollar and a dime. His gaze went from that big-eyed boy to that pretty Christmas coat, and he finally cleared away the lump in his throat. He said, son, that's just what this coat costs. We're lucky we found her. I turned around and gave a wink to the lady at the counter. She put it in a pretty box, wrapped it up just so, and went off in the back and found a big red Christmas bow. He said, I thank you for your help, sir, and I kindly thank you, ma'am. I hope y'all are going to have a big Christmas, because I know I am. Well, the old man walked home busted, except for the dollar and the dime, thinking he'd just have to buy the coat another time. He told his wife that Christmas this year wouldn't be much fun. And he gently took her in his arms and told her what he'd done. She said, why, you old softy, I wouldn't trade you for a farm. I've got two or three old coats with me and your love to keep me warm. She put that money in a box and placed it beneath their tree and said, that is the grandest, sweetest gift you have ever given me. Well, the years went by, like years will do, when people are in love, their marriage was a golden bond that was forged by God above. Then one day came some bitter news that filled his heart with fright. 
The doctor told the old man's wife that she was going to lose her sight. He said there's an operation we can do, but it puts me on the spot because it's quite complex procedure and it's going to cost a lot. The old man said, doctor, I'm a failure. I've made no preparation. We don't have the money for that kind of an operation. The doctor had the strangest look, and he sat there for a while. And then he slowly nodded, and he broke out in a smile. He said, why, sir, you can't fool me. You are a very wealthy man. You invested long ago in the world's best savings plan. I'll see she gets the best of care. She's going to be just fine. And the total cost to you, old friend, is a dollar and a dime. The old man stared in disbelief. Then he recognized that smile. It's the one he'd seen those years ago on a loving, thoughtful child. The man said, what you gave me that day was more than just a coat. You gave me the gift of giving, and you gave my mother hope. My mother had been mistreated, neglected, and abused, but she gave life just one more chance, all because of you. And now every year she takes that coat and lays it beneath our tree. It represents to us the things that Christmas ought to be. She says that when we leave this world for a better home someday, the only things that we'll take with us are the things we give away. Wow. What a story. What a poem. I hope you enjoy that. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Can I top that? Gonna be hard, but I think I can. I got a video um, I want to share with you. There is audio, so I will, I will do my best to turn this on. Hang on, it's just gonna take me a little bit. It is from Sharing Is Caring, their page over on Facebook, and uh, <laughs> you gotta. Ch- I hope the audio will work. Give me just a second here. Set it up for you. As you can see, this little girl, not sure how old she is, uh, is staring at this guy who happens to be in jeans and a red shirt. And he's bald with white hair on the sides of his head and a big fluffy white beard and looks for all the world like Santa Claus. And you know what? Who's to say he isn't? Now, when you get approached by what looks like maybe a little six or seven year old Chances are these days a lot of people are just going to tell you to go away or ignore you. Well, take a look. Again, I hope the audio works at what this amazing old man did for this little girl. Santa, I've been told a lot worse. Have you been a good girl this year? Wow, that's real pretty nails. Are you 
getting ready for Christmas. Oh my, is it pretty? Nice. Tell Santa what you're going to leave him. What you going to put out for Can I eat them all? What are you going to leave for Rudolph? Okay, I have to share with the reindeer. I get one, the reindeer get the rest. They eat grass though. You're right, <laughs> they do. But up North Pole, grass is pretty hard to come by. It's all snow grass. <laughs> <laughs> you better pull him by let him get back so much love and kindness from a stranger look at that <laughs> oh man that is the kind of thing that just warms your heart and thank you god bless that that old man who really does look take a look here he really does look a lot like Santa Claus, just like Santa Claus. And like I said, who knows? Maybe it was. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. All right. Now, we are live across four platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Rumble.com. Rumble's our main channel. Um, however, last week, we had Facebook do something really stupid to us. And they deleted our whole show. So, we are going to close out tonight's show with the finale of Truman Capote's A Christmas Memory. But, because Facebook and apparently Disney Hotstar, I don't know, whatever crap, they want to play ball with me. So, we are going to end our stream on Facebook, I think. Let's see how we do this. I'm not even sure that I can, but we'll see. <laughs> if I can't, we'll figure something else out. But uh, let me see. There we go. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work. Crap. Okay. Uh, that being the case, then we'll just punch through. We'll get another strike. They'll take me off Facebook. And it will put me one more nail in my co th their coffin for me to stop putting the show on Facebook. And then in which case, I'll be on Twitch, YouTube, and Rumble. I will always be on Rumble no matter what. In fact, one of these days, I will only be on Rumble. So get yourself a free account over at Rumble and check it out. All right? All right. Meantime, it's time to finish up our story. My absolutely all-time favorite Christmas story, which is A Christmas Memory by Truman Capote. And the only thing I have to do is figure out where I was. <laughs> because, there we go. Okay. I want to make sure I get the right spot to finish up the, uh, the show. So, if I disappear on Facebook, please, the link is either up here, over there, over there. You'll see it. It's to our Rumble a show, same show, we're just live on all four platforms. If you can't find me on Facebook, click on that link, 
or find it on my page on Facebook. Some other Every show has a link to our Rumble account. And uh, you will find me over there on Facebook. Merry Christmas. Morning. Frozen li- rhyme lusters the grass, the sun, round as an orange, and orange as hot weather moons. Balances on the horizon, burnishes the silver winter woods, a turkey calls. A renegade hog grunts in the undergrowth, and soon by the edge of knee-deep rapid running water, we have to abandon the buggy. Queenie wades the stream first, paddles across the barking complaints at the swiftness of the current, the pneumonia-making coldness of it. We follow, holding our shoes and equipment, a hatchet, a burlap sack above our heads. A mile more of chastising thorns, burrs, and briars that catch at our clothes, of rusty pine needles, brilliant with gaudy fungus and moldy feathers. Here, there, a flash, a flutter, an ecstasy of shrilling reminds us that not all the birds have flown south. Always the path unwinds through lemony sun pools and pitch-black vine tunnels. Another creek to cross, a disturbed armada of speckled trout frosts the water round us. Frogs the size of dinner plates practice belly flops. Beaver workmen are building a dam. On the further shore, Queenie shakes herself and trembles. My friend shivers, too, not with cold, but with enthusiasm. One of her hat's ragged roses sheds a petal as she lifts her head and inhales the pine-heavy air. We're almost there. Can you smell it, buddy? she says, as though we were approaching an ocean. And indeed, it is a kind of an ocean. Scented airy acres of holiday trees, prickly-leafed holly, red berries shiny as Chinese bells, black crows swoop on them, screaming, having stuffed our burlap sacks with enough greenery and crimson garland to do a dozen windows. We set about choosing a tree. It should be, muses my friend, twice as tall as a boy, so a boy can't steal the star. The one we pick is twice as tall as me, a brave, handsome brute that survives 30 hatchet strikes before it keels with a creaking, rendering cry. Lugging it like a kill, we commence the long trek out. Every few yards, we abandon the struggle, sit down and pant. But we have the strength of a hundred huntsmen. Ah, that and the tree's viral, icy perfume revive us, keep us going. Many compliments accompany our sunset return along the red clay road to town. But my friend is sly and noncommittal when passerbys praise the treasure perched on our buggy. What a fine tree. Where did it come from? Oh, yonder ways, she murmurs vaguely. Once a car stops and the rich mill owner's lazy wife leans out, whines, I'll give you two bits for that old tree. Now, ordinarily, my friend is afraid of saying no, but on this occasion, she promptly shakes her head. Wouldn't take a dollar. The mill owner's wife persists. A dollar? My foot. Fifty cents. That's my final offer. Goodness, woman, you can get another one. In answer, my friend gently reflects, I doubt it. There are never two of anything. 
Home, Queenie slumps by the fire and sleeps till tomorrow, snoring loud as a human. A trunk in the attic contains a shoebox of ermine tails off the opera cape of a curious lady who once rented a room in the house. Coils of frazzled tinsel gone gold with age, one silver star, a brief rope of dilapidated, undoubtedly dangerous candle-like light bulbs. Excellent decorations as far as they go, which isn't far enough. My friend wants our tree to blaze like a Baptist window, drooping with heavy weights of snow ornaments. But we can't afford the made-in-Japan splendors at the five and dime, so we do what we've always done. We sit for days at the kitchen table, scissors, crayons, and stacks of colored paper. I make sketches, and my friend cuts them out. Lots of cats, fish, too, because they're easy to draw. Some apples, watermelons, a few winged angels devised from saved-up sheets of Hershey-bar tinfoil. We use safety pins to attach these creations to the tree. As a final touch, we sprinkle the branches with shredded cotton, picked in August for this very purpose. My friend, surveying the effect, clasps her hands together. Now, honest, buddy, doesn't it look just good enough to eat? Queenie tries to eat an angel. After weaving and ribboning holly wreaths at all the front windows, our next project is the fashioning of family gifts. Tie-dyed scarves for the ladies, for the men a home-brewed lemon and licorice and aspirin syrup to be taken at the first symptoms of a cold or after hunting. But when it comes time for making each other's gift, my friend and I separate to work secretly. I'd like to buy her a pearl-handled knife, a radio, a whole pound of chocolate-covered cherries. We tasted some once, and she always swears I could live on them, buddy. Lord, yes, I could. And that's not taking his name in vain. Instead, I'm building her a kite. She'd like to give me a bicycle. She said so on several million occasions. If only I could, buddy. It's bad enough in life to do without something you want. But confound it, what gets my goat is not being able to give somebody something you want them to have. Only one of these days I will, buddy. I'll locate you a bike. Don't ask me how. Steal it, maybe. Instead, I'm fairly certain she's building me a kite. Same as last year, and the year before, and the year before that. We exchanged slingshots. All of which is fine for me, for we are champion kite flyers who study the wind like sailors. My friend, more accomplished than I, can get a kite aloft when there isn't enough breeze to carry clouds. Well, Christmas afternoon, we scrape together a nickel and go to the butcher's to buy Queenie's traditional gift, a good gnawable beef bone. The bone wrapped in funny paper is placed high on the tree near the silver star. Queenie knows it's there. She squats at the foot of the tree, staring up in a trance of greed. When bedtime arrives, she refuses to budge. Her excitement is equaled by my own. I kick the covers and turn, my pillow as though it were a scorching summer's night. Somewhere a rooster crows, falsely, for the sun is still on the other side of the world. Buddy, are you awake? It is my friend calling from her room, which is next to mine. And an instant later, she's sitting on my bed holding a candle. Well, 
I can't sleep a hoot, she declares. My mind's jumping like a jackrabbit. Buddy, do you think Mrs. Roosevelt will serve our cake at dinner? We huddle in the bed. She squeezes my hand. I love you. Seems like your hand used to be so much smaller. Guess I hate to see you grow up. When you're grown up, will we still be friends? I say always, but I feel so bad. Buddy, I wanted to give you a bike. I tried to sell my cameo Poppy gave me, buddy. He, she hesitates as though embarrassed. I made you another kite. <coughs> and then I confess that I made her one, too. And we laugh. The candle burns too short to hold. Out it goes, exposing the starlight. The stars spinning at the window like a visible caroling. It's slowly, slowly daybreak silence. Possibly we doze, but the beginnings of dawn splash on us like cold water. We're up, wide awake, and wandering while we wait for the others to waken. Quite deliberately, my friend drops a kettle on the floor. I tap dance in front of closed doors. One by one, the household emerges, looking as though they'd like to kill us both. But it's Christmas, so they can't. First, a gorgeous breakfast. Hominy grits, honey in the comb, flapjacks and fried squirrel, which puts everyone in a good humor except my friend and me. Frankly, we're so impatient to get at the presents, we can't eat a mouthful. Well, I'm disappointed. Who wouldn't be? Socks, Sunday school shirt, some handkerchiefs, a hand-me-down sweater, and a year's subscription to a religious magazine for children. The Little Shepherd. Makes me boil, it really does. My friend has a better haul. A sack of satsumas, that's her best present. She's proudest, however, of a white wool shawl knitted by her married sister. But she says her favorite gift is the kite I built her. And it is very beautiful. Though not as beautiful as the one she made me, which is blue, scattered with gold and green good conduct stars. And moreover, my name is painted on it. Buddy. Buddy, the wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. And nothing will do till we've had a run up to the pasture below the house where Queenie has scooted to bury her bone. And where, a winter hence, Queenie will be buried too. There plunging through the healthy waist-high grass, we unreel our kites, feel them twitching at the string like sky fish as they swim into the wind. Satisfied, sun-warmed, we sprawl on the grass, peel satsumas and watch our kites cavort. <clears throat> Soon, I forget the socks and the hand-me-down sweater. I'm as happy as if we'd already won the $50,000 grand prize in that coffee-naming contest. How foolish I am, my friend cries, suddenly alert, like a woman remembering too late she has biscuits in the oven. You know what I've always thought? She asks in a tone of discovery and not smiling at me, but a point beyond. I've always thought a body would have to be sick and dying before they saw the Lord. And I imagine that when he came, it would be like looking at a Baptist window, 
pretty as colored glass with the sun pouring through. Such a shine, you, you don't know it's getting dark. And it's been a comfort to think of that shine taking away all the spooky feelings. But I'll wager it never happens. I'll wager at the very end, a body realizes the Lord has already shown himself. That things as they are, her hand circles a gesture that gathers clouds and kites and grass and Queenie pawing the earth over her bone. Just what they've always seen was seeing him. As for me, I could leave the world with today in my eyes. This is our last Christmas together. Life separates us. Those who know best decide I belong in a military school. And so follows a miserable succession of bugle-blowing prisons, grim, reveille-ridden summer camps. I have a new home, too, but it doesn't count. Home is where my friend is, and there I never go. And there she remains, puttering around the kitchen, alone with Queenie, and then alone. Buddy, dear, she writes in her wild, hard-to-read script, Yesterday, Jim Macy's horse kicked Queenie bad. Be thankful she didn't feel much. I wrapped her in a fine linen sheet and rode her in the buggy down to Simpson's pasture where she can be with all her bones. <clears throat> For a few Novembers, she continues to bake her fruitcakes single-handed. Not as many, but some. And, of course, she always sends me the best of the bunch. Also, in every letter, she encloses a dime wadded in toilet paper. See a picture show and write me the story. But gradually in her letters she tends to confuse me with her other friend, the buddy who died in the 1880s. More and more, 13ths are not the only days she stays in bed. A morning arrives in November, a leafless, birdless coming of winter morning, when she cannot rouse herself to exclaim, Oh my, it's fruitcake weather. And when that happens, I know it. A message saying so merely confirms a piece of news some secret vein had already received, severing from me an irreplaceable part of myself, letting it loose like a kite on a broken string. And that is why walking across a school campus on this particular December morning. I keep searching the sky as if I expected to see, rather like hearts, a pair of lost kites hurrying towards heaven. Wow. And that is the amazing Truman Capote's a Christmas memory. Hope you enjoyed that. All right. That's it, my friends. Uh, I'm out of here. I will see you again on Monday night. Yeah, we'll do it again. Thank you again, Palazzari from Brazil. Great to have you along here and all the other folks who've joined us. Don't forget, we're also a podcast. You can find the audio part of our show on all the platforms, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public. We're on whatever platform you use for your podcast. Just look up The Jay Sheldon Show, click subscribe, and off you go.
<clears throat> all right. Thank you so much for all those of you. We get hundreds of downloads every week, and we really, really appreciate it. Be sure you like and subscribe to our channel here. And uh, like I said, there's a good chance we will get knocked off of Facebook again. Use that Rumble link, and you can check out the full show over there always. All right. We'll see you again on Monday. Have yourselves the most remarkable Christmas. I hope you're spending it with your family. Good thoughts all. God bless. And... Merry Christmas from the Jay Sheldon Show. Snort. <laughs>